0: It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen and this is The Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Hartford County and beyond. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Hartford County Public Library and that is Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Hartford County Public Library. Today we'll be speaking with John Mayhorn, Dean of Business, Education, Computing and Applied Technologies for Harford Community College.
1: Who just walked in?
0: Just walked in, welcome. <laughs>
1: Thank you.
0: And Jillian Later, Manager of Communications for Hartford County Public Schools, who is also in the studio. Good, Good morning, morning, Bob and
2: all. Good morning. Good morning. Good
1: morning. And um, glad you're here, John, as well, because I need lots of help on the trivia <laughs> questions, which uh, off, which uh, is one of our first segments. So glad for the support.
3: Okay.
1: Um, we just want to, first of all, I loved it today driving in uh, even though every bus route in the county somehow gets routed by this new software (laughs) onto the route that I take to get to the radio station (laughs) I love it that crisp smell of fall in the air and little kitties a year older playing at the bus stops Um, parents with a I think a little bit of a happy grin (laughs) like that Staples commercial (laughs) excuse for my voice I have a horrible allergy uh, this morning so hate to share that with you but uh, that's why I'm talking like this Uh, the other thing is we do something where things that annoy us we call it the courtesy project and we always preface it by saying that we're not perfect but um, today we're going to talk about just be careful don't take phone calls from charities give to charities Uh, that you know. Uh, There is billions given to the phone people saying they're the children Cancer Fund or the Firefighters Burn Relief Fund. They're marketing firms that give less than 5% of what they collect over the phone. Mm -hmm. Secondly, if you have a dishwasher and it's not working, um, don't call the repairman just yet because we had a dishwasher that wasn't discharging the soap. So, Repair person said, I'll cost $120 to show up, and you know, and then uh, from what you're saying, it may be another like hundred and parts and labor. And then I went online, and they pointed me to the, uh, the manufacturer, pointed me to a new part that you know, the little compartment with the door that flips open with, with the soap in it,
4: mm-hmm. yes,
1: to buy a new one of those. Mm-hmm. Then I went on YouTube, and there was some guy he was. He was about an 80-year-old guy, and he said, um, my wife told me that this wasn't working. So I opened it up, and they were putting their cutting board in the bottom rack. So it was preventing the door from opening. Uh, So all they had to do was put the cutting board on the other side of the thing, and that was exactly what we were doing. (laughs) Tire places, just be aware. Don't be uh paranoid but don't trust tire places double check uh when they tell you your tire happened to me unfortunately my tire is going to be 265 dollars i have a buick lucerne it's not like i have a humvee or um (laughs) i won't say the name of the place but i said this tire shouldn't be more than 80 90 100 bucks well this is the uh, this is what we have in stock i said it's the only you haven't stocked for my car," he goes. "No," and he, I looked, I asked him, "Could I see?" And he showed me his inventory. She did was eight tire models, going from seventy-nine bucks up to two sixty-five. So they're scripted, and they're, so enough with that. Um, <laughs> just be aware, because they do like to. Oh, one more thing, I'm um, I have to do this, and then we'll get on with it. Um, my wife is a county employee fantastic health plan I needed to get some uh, blood tests done and um, I went to Quest because that's where I normally go and Quest was nice enough to tell me that the um, that LabCorp has a con- the contract with CareFirst so they pay it, there's no deductible. There's no out-of-pocket. So always check on those things as well because it, it, it saved us probably over $100. Okay, that's enough of that. <coughs> so be
0: informed and be aware.
1: Be informed and be aware and check. Just verify. Not everyone's out to get you, but just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not. <laughs> <laughs> well said. That's good. <laughs> Okay, you got some trivia for we have some John, trivia Jillian, today. and Bob?
0: Yes. <laughs> okay, so let's start with one of those random questions that nobody knows the answer to, because Bob usually knows the answer to them. Uh, approximately 2% of all people have what eye color?
2: 2%? 2%?
3: 2%?
2: Hazel.
1: Gray.
0: No and No. John, any guesses?
4: Uh, I know it's not brown or blue.
0: Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which leaves us with green.
1: Just it's green. So there's five choices, we gave four of them. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. All well, right. Right. It wasn't strength in numbers yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a
0: job on that one. How many feet are in a mile?
2: 5,280 Yes. Good job, Jillian. Very Thank good. you.
1: In 1,760 yards.
2: <laughs> nice.
0: Uh, who was the first president to live in the White House?
1: Ooh. Um,
2: Which White House? Are we going from when it was first labeled the, the White, House White House or House? after the fire? Fu- okay. Yes. Andrew Before Jackson. The fire. No.
1: Madison, Monroe, Adams. It was Adams. John Quincy Adams.
0: Uh, John Adams. Really? Yes. Oh,
1: I thought it was later than that. No, sir. Did you know that uh, Pierre L'Enfant, who laid out the um, the plan for Washington, D.C., um, fairly late in the project and just towards, uh, in the planning of it, he walked out. He he had a disagreement mm-hmm. and walked out, and one of his assistants, Benjamin Banneker, from... Um, Ellicott city, um, African American, a uh, uh, f- uh, free, a uh, uh, free black, um, recreated most of his plans from memory, um, so that the D.C. project um, could uh, could continue. Well, I didn't know I don't know. know if the White House made me think of that because that was part of it.
0: It's a cool little tidbit.
1: Yeah,
0: it is. Um, what was the name of Michael Jackson's first solo album as an adult? I know, it's a little new for you, Bob, I'm sorry. Huh.
1: Yeah, I like the, you older, likes stuff. the older older music. Well, it wasn't me. off the wall.
0: It was off the wall. Was off the wall. <laughs> See you always question yourself. You first <laughs> um, who played James Bond in the nineteen sixty nine film on her Majesty? On Her Majesty's Secret Service.
1: See, that's a tough one because that's a cusp one. I know. Between Sean Connery and Roger Moore. That's, why
2: that's I Rod, it. It's Roger Moore. It's not. It's, it's not Sean Connery. No, no. It's, it's oh, Boy. it's the other one. Oh, what yeah. is his name?
4: It's not. It's not. It's the Fish one that only did. He Robin, only did one. He only did one. You're right. No, he he, he did only did
2: one. one. He did only do one.
0: <sighs> of eight men that played Bond, yeah. he yeah. only did not David Niven. one film. What is his It's not name? David
4: Niven. I just saw that recently on TV. He has three
2: names.
1: Oh my god, we should know this. Uh,
2: I just watched oh. it the other
1: day. What are the three him. initials? I can
2: picture it. G R L. G
0: R L. Yeah. I know this is a hard
1: one. George, George R Lisby. <laughs> 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 it's very famous. Yes. Very nice. <laughs>
0: oh, man. It is George Robert Lazenby.
1: Oh, I. That's in the recesses of my mind, but I never would have been able to dredge that one up. Okay, okay. So You must see. like Sean Connery and James Bond because there are questions come up about that it's, a lot. We had
0: two weeks in a row. That's, that's all. Okay. Because who knew that? Who knew that Sean Connery participated in Mr. Universe? Like, we talked about that last week. That just still surprising.
1: One of my favorite Saturday Night Live skits was they had... This was back in the 80s. I was Billy Crystal and Martin Short. and They had a talk show host interviewing three Bond villains. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, can, can you give us some advice? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, like... Um, Cat, oh, the guy with the eye scar with yeah. the cat. Yeah, uh, Doctor No. Thank you. Yeah, okay. The
0: Thank you, L- Julian.
1: He said, "When you have James Bond captured, just shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't tell him your plans. You don't tell him where the <laughs> vulca- fake volcano with the guys in the orange jumpsuits are. <laughs> you know. You don't put him in some." elaborate contraption, this Rube Goldberg thing <laughs> that he's going to figure his way out of just before the laser right. cuts him in half. Just shoot him. <laughs> right, because he's smarter than you. Just kill him and get whatever it now. Right. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, which book was famously rejected by 12 publishers before finally being accepted by Bloomsbury?
1: It wasn't uh, Confederacy of Dunces. No. Which is the funniest book one could ever read if you haven't read it.
0: Well, I will give you a hint. If you have been following headlines and happenings with the library, you will know that this series of books just had its 20th Uh, anniversary. J.K. Rowling. Yes. Harry Potter. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone rejected 12 times. Can you imagine me and that
2: guy? Mm. (laughs) Having (laughs) to admit. Right.
4: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, or the, the guy that traded Nolan Ryan from the Mets or... Anything. A lot of people, um, the people that, uh, IBM, the guy at IBM that told Bill Gates, w- w- uh, and um, we're, we're going to build our own operating system. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that went well. <laughs> uh,
0: let's see. Uh, the original Starbucks was established in 1971 in what U.S. city? Seattle. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And it was acquired by Howard Schultz. Was it? For $7 million. Oh, I
4: didn't
1: know that. Well, um, we, I worked for Alex Brown and we were their, their investment banker. So he got money together and acquired that for like $7 million in house. Wow. <coughs> the rest is history. I write you more. But in how he went to, uh, he grew up in a poor neighborhood in Brooklyn, Howard, Brooklyn, New York. And um, every year, he uh public high school he writes a check to the school for um all the um the <coughs> equipment sports uniforms f- field or theater renovations that they need um and you know he goes back there every september awesome okay is that we have one more we have one more
0: okay uh in which u.s state was the first oil well drilled pennsylvania yes
4: that was quick. Yeah, Colonel John, Drake. John? I, I live in PA, so I want your advantage. <laughs> that's okay. Titusville,
1: PA. Titusville, exactly right. All right.
4: Yep,
1: well,
0: very we
4: good.
0: Tried to trip you up on that one, but you know, I was the only one that didn't know. Of, <laughs> I am going guess like Texas or right. something. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma.
1: Well, that's why a lot of the um, old oil brands. Quaker State. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pen mm-hmm. Oil. Oh
4: well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: have a flavor of PA. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you read it, John. The Prize by Daniel Jurgen is no, the history of oil. Oh, it's, okay. a, it's amazing for anyone out there, The Prize. Okay. Um, we're Wow, we really tarried, didn't we? Um, so our one knowledge thing we're gonna, going to do is only for a minute, then we're going to take a break. Um, we'll do the news in the third block because we have a lot to discuss uh, with Jillian and John. Has anyone ever heard of uh, Julianne um, uh, Margaret Kepke? No. She was a German-Peruvian biologist born in Peru. She was the only survivor of 92 passengers in the December 24, 1971 crash of Lanza Flight 508. The airline broke up in midair. She survived after plummeting 10,000 feet while still trapped to her seat before crashing through the rainforest canopy and coming to rest on the floor, uh, on the forest floor. Um, they have, she, she she only had a broken collarbone and a gash to her right arm or a right eye swollen shut, but she was still strapped in uh, when, when she landed. Um... And they have a lot of theories as to what happened. It was caught in an updraft. The, the forest canopy s- slowed it down. The, it was a three-seat piece that she was in that acted a little bit as a sail or a parachute. Um, and th- so that's amazing. But she her only food were uh, some sweets, uh, which she found in the wreckage. Um, she found a small stream weighted knee-high. Through water downstream, um, it provided her clean water and a natural path. She couldn't sleep at night because of insect bites. Insect bites. After nine days, she found a boat near a shelter. Um, she found the boat's motor and fuel tank. Um, she poured gasoline on her wounds. Um, she said she had she had she had thirty five maggots on one arm. Um, and then waited for the rescuers. They asked her why she didn't take the boat. And she said, you know, um, it wasn't mine. Hours later, the lumberman who used the shelter arrived, tended to her in- injuries and bug infestations. They took her via a seven hour canoe ride downriver river the help of a lo- local pilot, Luzera, and was airlifted to a hospital. And she lives today. Her name now is Julianne Diller and she's made quite a life of herself Hmm.
0: that's amazing yes it is i wouldn't even think to pour gasoline on my own arm that would just never occur to me
1: well she learned her father taught her survival survival skills
0: skills. Mm -hmm. (coughs) well we're going to go to a break uh when we come back we'll be talking with john mayhorn dean of business education computing and applied technologies for Hartford community college And Jillian later, Manager of Communications for Harford County Public Schools.
3: Harford County Public Library Foundation 13th Annual Gala, La La Library, An Evening in the Stacks will be held Saturday, November 4th at 7 p.m. at the Abington Library. The Gala Harford County Public Library Foundation's signature event welcomes more than 600 guests each year and features an extensive menu of hors d'oeuvres and drinks, entertainment by mood swings, a live and silent auction. This year's theme, La La Library, focuses on the timeless and classic old Hollywood song and dance days. Sponsorships, which include tickets to the gala, are available starting at just $750. To purchase a sponsorship, contact Nina Depkin at D-E-P-K-I-N-N at hcpl Proceeds from the event will support a wide range of programs and resources, including new technologies, community outreach, and stream programs an innovative new space and collections that will offer customers of all ages the opportunity to explore, create, discuss, and learn. For more information about Lala Library, visit eveninginthestacks.org. The Harford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public, with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D Creation Software including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, Professional Green Screen with Studio Lightbox, and both Apple and Windows Computers all to help create your electronic video, audio publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road.
0: Welcome back, I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Hartford County Public Library and that is Bob Mumby and this is The Harford Edge. We're delighted to have Jillian Later and John Mayhorn in the studio to talk with us. John is Dean of Business, Education, Computing, and Applied Technologies for Hartford Community College. And Jillian Later is the Manager of Communications for Hartford County Public Schools. Welcome again, Jillian and John. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Um, Welcome, folks. And I have to give you credit because I was was going to put Dean of... um, uter and accompanist information systems <laughs> to see if you caught it, but I do that to Mary. I don't do that to you. Then. Thank you. Welcome, folks. Um, and we're going to, because you're too modest, we're going to just give the folks uh, quickly a little bit about your, bio, uh, your bios, who you are. Jillian is Manager of Communications for HCPS, named to the National Public School Public Relations Association Top 35 Under 35, um, soon to be a mom.
2: Correct. What's the due date? November 6th.
1: November six.
2: Mm-hmm. So when those snow calls come out and it's not my voice, Aww. don't worry, I'll be coming back. But <laughs> well, well, we had take Rick, a little bit of time.
1: We had Rick Ayers and uh, Eddie Hopkins on two weeks ago, oh. and Eddie, when he first he, sp- uh, not Eddie, uh, Rick, when he first spoke, I said, Rick, I just heard your voice and I had the urge to go back out on my deck and check and make sure my umbrella was down. <laughs> 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 um. Uh, You were in human resources, uh, staffing management, and department investigations for HCPS. You started your career at Halls Crossroads Elementary School as a paraeducator across the street from an organization near and dear to my heart, Boys and Girls Club. (laughs) Yes. Thirteenth year with HCPS, master's in business administration, and bachelor's in communications and business. John, um, since um, Jen did the tongue twister, we're just going to call you Dean. <laughs> uh, been with the college since 07. Um, you've been an instructor of business and computer information system. You've provided leadership in curriculum and program development in the areas of business and computer technology. You were principal of Edgewood High. Um, developed dual enrollment options for students attending Edgewood's Academy of Finance program, which is a very powerful thing. Um, you expanded uh, the dual enrollment program uh, once at HCC um, and you've also developed articulation agreements in accounting business, computer information systems, and cyber programs, uh, which is so important to us, especially for a lot of the, um, the development and education of our young folks and their entry into the, uh, the job field, so thank you for that. Um, first day of school How's it going, Jillian?
2: It's going really well. We had a wonderful first-day bus ride with some elected officials and representatives from Aberdeen Proving Ground, as well as leadership from the school system, and we were able to spend that time with Roy Williams Elementary School this year, which was a wonderful experience. Um, and even more exciting this year is that we just found out yesterday that our Hartford County Teacher of the Year, Amy Mangold, has been named one of the Maryland State Teacher of the Year finalists. There are only seven in the entire state, so we're very, very excited. We got to tell her yesterday, um, and I know that she was very surprised, as was her administrator at John Archer, Mr. Geyer, and everyone is just thrilled to have her be recognized (laughs) because she is such an amazing and gifted teacher. Um, If you haven't had the opportunity to yet, I would encourage you to go to our website, and right underneath the communications banner, there's a link that says Teacher of the Year blog, and Ms. Mangold, updates that on a regular basis with some thoughts and ideas and her feelings about her profession or as she calls it her profession um, because it's a profession and a passion for her. So we're really excited to have the state have an opportunity to get to hear more from her.
1: Uh, That is is great. It's great. I can imagine what her reaction was. Probably overjoyed, but uh, Absolutely. modest. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> she,
2: she went from accepting her flowers to right back in front of her kiddos to get them ready for their specials. So but, she didn't miss a beat. Did not miss a beat. We have tons of pictures on the website and Facebook, so please check them out and send her your wishes and your thoughts and your hopes for her to, to keep moving on in the in the process. We'll, we'll, we'll be attending this state banquet October 27th where they'll announce the winner of the state teacher of the year. And um, our fingers are crossed that we'll be hearing Ms. Mangold's name. And then the national competition we'll find out in April. So we're we looking ha- ahead.
1: Uh, I remember at <laughs> Drink Factory when our, my kids were young, we had uh, someone, who uh, I forget her name, she won the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and she may have gone pretty far in the finals. Uh, is there any way we can stuff the ballot box on this one?
2: I wish. <laughs> if I could find out how to do that, I'd be more than happy to share that with your listeners. <laughs> well,
1: and Amy is an early intervention teacher at John Archer, and what's, one of the things great about her is she does so much uh, in integrating the work in the schools to community work, um, uh, like Chesapeake Therapeutic Riding, which is Kathy Schmidt's great endeavor, and St. Baldrick's, and... Um, and Hats off to the partnerships that always occur between places like The Arc and Beyond Limits and uh, CTR and for Amy and the the, the staff at HCPS for really helping uh, with that because that makes well a difference in in, in entry and really uh, the the sustainability of of these folks um, as they move along. Okay, so milestones and good news from HCPS. John, uh, 60th anniversary celebration for HCC uh, yes. is coming up. Um, give us uh, HCC, so 60 years, 1956?
4: Uh, seven. We 57. started in 1957 with
1: 116 students. Hmm. And And... <laughs> Well, just for a second, I mean, that's an amazing when you think about it yes. to just establish that beachhead. We had the folks from Hosanna School um, on who did it, who started a, a school for, for black children in 1864 with the help of the Quakers. It's not like there's anything there, you're just building something from scratch. So tell us about quickly just about the beginnings because it's an amazing accomplishment and the growth and leadership.
4: Well, actually, I said we uh, Harford Community College actually started. The name was Harford Junior College in uh, 1957. 116 students. And Bob, we actually uh, we didn't have our campus that we have today. We actually were housed in the old Be- Bel Air High School. Um, and then in 1964, we moved to the uh, what's called the Churchville campus, if you wouldn't that our zip code Bel Air. Um, and then of course we have just been expanding you know, rapidly ever since. You know, from 116 students, we uh, we have about 8,000 credit students and about 11,000 uh, credit students, continuing education, non-credit students. So it's been a, a huge explosion. Um, when we first started, uh, they had uh, I remember some some courses in business, probably some courses in the secretarial type of programs, and uh, and now of course we've expanded into uh, a lot of major STEM programs: biology, science, engineering, math. The cybersecurity program, uh, so it's, it's had a huge explosion. A lot of new building taking place. Uh, several years ago, we expanded the um, our science building called a- Aberdeen Hall. Uh, we recently opened up um, a nursing allied health building, and just this past year, we had uh, renovated the Edgewood Hall, which uh, includes our continuing education and workforce development programs. So every year we seem to be upgrading something and expanding something uh, along the way. Um, this year we also opened up two new cybersecurity labs in Joppa Hall. So it's been, uh, it's been an exciting growth period for the college. In just the, I'll say, ten plus years I've been the dean for the college, I've seen a tremendous amount of growth in our programs uh, across the board, not just in my division, but across the board.
1: Yeah, and we want to we, we talk about some of that as well. but. Um... As, as we go along, but a new president started, year, I guess, in June? Year. Oh, last year. Last year. Oh, my yeah, God. This is
4: Dr. Phillips' second year now.
1: Okay. Yep. And Dennis, Dennis had a great tenure. And yes, he did. Jim before that, and like then now. Claudia yeah. before that. Feels like it was, it's all recent. Right. <laughs> um, and um, Jillian, I feel like Barb is still the new uh, <laughs> superintendent of Harvard County Public Schools. For her, it probably feels like she's been at that for 20 years. Um, but how was it been for Barb now? F- three?
2: She's in her fifth year oh because she has a four-year contract and the year before was an um, interim okay. position. And I hope I don't upset temporary. anyone. I don't know what the official
1: Okay. Interim, well, I, that's right. Well, I don't mm-hmm. want to upset anyone, but I'm going to say anyway. She was such a breath of fresh air when she took over because not everything was going great under the previous guy. So I'm going to say it. <laughs>
2: She's been with this system for well over 40 years. And it's it's been um, quite enjoyable to have the opportunity to work directly with her in this position.
1: Uh, and I'm going to say, she cares. She cares about Absolutely. the kids. And that is so important. And often you don't see it. uh it's when educators sometimes rise to the top because often a lot of the talents you have to rise don't mesh with the talent and the, educa- the dedication uh, of being an educator, so it's a great thing that in BARB we have both.
2: I think that's one of the things you see when you look at anyone who works in Harford County Public Schools who's come through the ranks because we have such a community feel and we have, that de- we have dedicated professionals. Um, and that's something that Barbara continues to instill in all of us, that the children come first. And when you keep that in mind and when that's at the forefront of every decision, that's how you you can feel confident that what she's doing and how she's leading the system, that that's why we are where we are, and that's why we're headed where we're headed.
1: Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, she couldn't be here this morning because she is at one of her 54... 54- school visits.
2: Correct. Uh, Mrs. Canavan visits every single one of the schools every single year, spending at least half a day, if not the entire day, at the school where she meets with the administrators, she meets with students individually, with staff individually, and they discuss what's happening in, in that school to see what and how the superintendent can support them in order to make sure that they're continuing their progress and that those supports are put in place if needed, or that we are applauding and celebrating the things that are happening, and it also provides that cohesive feel throughout the system. If, if something is successful at one of our schools, why not share it with the other schools? And so that's a wonderful way in order to start those conversations and that dialogue.
1: Um, and well, on that note, Harford Glenn, very, I think we're all very thankful that that has back in complete full swing, including the overnight program.
2: Yes, the residential program is back. Um, We were able to receive funding this year, which we're very grateful for. And so Harford Glen right now is actually accepting applications from high school students, um, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, if they wish to be counselors for the residential program. Um, But make sure if you do have a student that's interested, the deadline for that is September 12th. Um, I believe at 9 or 9 30 in the morning um, and I, I do think that there's always a lot of interest in that so if your student is interested please make sure they get that application in on time
1: um, I was just discussing this with uh, Bob Chance and John Knott and mm-hmm. Mr. Burley mm-hmm. who is, uh, whose mom was one of the pioneers of um, uh, Destination Imagination and Odyssey of the Mind
2: Odyssey of the Mind, <laughs>
1: and they, they're so passionate about it. it Cindy and I just hiked to the Atkinson Dam on Monday um, starting out at Harford Glen. I couldn't believe how great the grounds look and the and the, the structures and the facilities. Absolutely.
2: So, Mr. Eakes and his team have been doing a wonderful job and we're excited to have it in full force this year.
1: It was my daughter Grace's first overnight and she was also a counselor there. So That's great. We love that and thank <laughs> you uh, HCPS. Um, um, uh, John, uh, regarding the progress HCC has made in you know becoming a part of the community and really being a, a, a focused component of the vocational and career uh, the training which is so practical and so needed and frankly sometimes often ignored by by higher education um, talk about that uh, some uh, you, Talk a little more about the dual enrollment, uh, the two plus two program, um, uh, if uh, uh, your workforce and in, uh, development initiatives. I'd love to hear about the uh, okay. cyber cyber defense and additive manufacturing. And I so I just gave you that should take about 42 minutes to answer, <laughs> or,
4: or even longer. A few, a few days, perhaps. Yes. Okay. Well, one one thing I might start off with, Bob, is. Um, and Dr. Phillips, our president, would, uh, has used this expression as well, is at the end of the day, uh, we're preparing students for a JOB, for a career. So um, uh, that becomes a real focus. I remember I actually worked for the Harf County, or for Harf County Public Schools for a lot of years, and I was actually one of the instructional supervisors for vocational education, what we call career and technology, and we used to tell parents, you can get an AA degree, a BS degree, a MS degree, a PhD, but someday you need to get a J.O.B. So that's where our ultimate focus is for for the, career, you know, for the career focus. But as far as we're, as we're concerned, one of the neat things, as a community college, we actually touch students at all levels. Uh, and for example, we have students maybe who have not graduated from high school who have dropped out and then move into our GED program they then go ahead and, and pick up their GED and then perhaps move into one of our credit or continuing education uh, career types of programs and they can become gainfully employed. So that becomes very important. Uh, one of the things that we recognize, or especially Dr. Phillips recognized in her first year, she had a lot of what they call what she called a listening tour. So she went around and talked to faculty, talked to students, and talked to um, leaders here in the community and really asked them, you know, what else can we do at Harford Community College? And, I think she heard very clearly that um, the community would like to see us do more with workforce development. So one of the first things we did, and we actually had our first meeting uh, this past uh, August, is we developed a new committee called a Smart Workforce Development Committee, which includes faculty from the college, includes myself, and includes our, um, our workforce development uh, directors as well and it includes uh, Bruce England from our Workforce Network and Karen Holt from Economic Development. So the idea is that we get together basically monthly and we talk about what is on the horizon, what should we be preparing our students for. Are there careers in healthcare? care? Are there careers in cybersecurity? Are there careers in logistics? There are a whole series of things we, we want to look at. We use a lot of the data, Bob, from, um, uh, from I'll say labor market studies that the SUSEK workforce network uh, produces for us, and that identifies where the opportunities that we should be looking uh, towards in the future, and as a result, then we adjust our programs and plan accordingly. So those reports have suggested, for example, cybersecurity, IT cybersecurity, and that is one of the reasons why we have been expanding that program. Uh, we received a uh, uh, a grant uh, called a TAC grant. Part of the Department of Labor Trade Adjustment Grant that all the colleges, most of the colleges, community colleges in Maryland received. And as a result, we've really worked through about 90 students through that program uh, This, as of the end of this year, which is pretty fantastic. Our number wasn't quite that high initially, but we've actually, will be at least 90 or perhaps more students who will graduate from that program. Um, we all know how cyber is such a critical need right now uh, for, the, for the nation. Uh, all the reports we hear is that there's no way we're going to fill that gap right now. so it comes like an emergency. So we're trying to do everything we can to expand that program and to uh, have students prepared to be successful in that area. One, one of the neat things about a lot of the career programs, Bob, is I'll use cybersecurity again as an example. There are industry rec- recognized certifications in that program uh, that industry like to see. For example, a lot of the commands at APG, once uh, students have what's called Security Plus or Net Plus or Cisco Certified uh, certifications. So the nice thing about our program is it, it prepares students for their certifications. We actually opened up what's called a Pearson View test center in our renovated Edgewood Hall so students can actually take those tests right at Harvard Community College and receive their certifications. That just gives them something else to add when they go in for an interview. That I have a degree, I have a certificate, and I have a certification, so very you know, very important.
1: So uh, Pearson is uh, the uh, ed- distance learning, uh, educational?
4: Well, well, Pearson is, a, is a, uh, a company that produces a lot of text materials for us, okay. you know, and, and they also, they also uh, run these test labs for us. We have to actually run the test through them. So that's right. why we have it opened at Edgewood Hall. Now, you mentioned um, uh, 3D printing or additive manufacturing. Um, there is a group here in Harford County called Ramp MD, which is a uh, an advisory group that is helping to really uh, push force initiatives in the area of 3D manufacturing, uh, additive manufacturing. So we are Harford County College is part of that. I serve on that board. Uh, I also represent the the um, college president with the Susquehanna Workforce Network board as well. But uh, the Ramp MD board uh, is always looking to develop, I would say, some partnerships with industry and also with us as a college. So what we just did last year is we applied for a National Science Foundation grant that was approved. We just are receiving funding funding this month to actually expand our 3D printing to manufacturing program. What we're trying to do is prepare students, this might sound strange, but we're trying to prepare students perhaps for jobs that don't exist today. Okay, they're they're emerging, they're coming. And so we're trying to look and work with industry and say, give us an idea of what that looks like so we can prevent, uh, provide that foundational background for them to be successful. So it's not only just us, I'll say, running a printer, but it's also maybe the critical thinking skills that they need, the problem-solving skills that they need to be successful if that printer would change, okay? So that, that becomes uh, one of our, I'll say, new emerging programs um, in the area. Uh, in general, Bob, I can also say that many of our programs on the credit side uh, we also offer through our non-credit division, and I actually am the interim associate vice president for the continuing education division right now as well. So we work very closely together because there are times that we might offer a, uh, a course for a student through our non-credit program. They may start there and then they may receive credit. They may then transfer into the credit program. So it's a nice, a nice pathway.
1: And the, the common theme I'm hearing all this is ve- is very practical. Um approach and con- and contextual approach like you mentioned certainly I, I love the, the the application of grants actually for pragmatic ends um, yes. uh, connected to the real world and in, in some ways training these folks for jobs that don't exist they're, they're going to do a lot of learning as you said of problem solving soft skills mm-hmm. um, other uh, business and responsibility skills that often as you all know uh they may not be completely uh prepared for right so um that is great to hear um the actual applied um nature of it yes and, and uh, speaking of applied um uh digital harford at Hover county public schools um that's been ongoing um a lot of effort uh, in progress they give us a little on that, Jillian.
2: Sure. Yeah, Digital Harford has been implemented for the last few years at our high schools, and we have part of that is bring your own technology. And something that we've been working towards is that one to one device ratio with students. And this year we're excited, the technology department is introducing the, that one to one device, um, those laptops to grades five and grades eight across the system. So by October 2nd, uh, the students in each of those grade levels will actually have their own device to utilize while in school. Um, And it's important to stress, too, that that doesn't mean that we're abandoning the traditional instructional aspects of the classroom. Those will still be in place. But I think what we've realized is that students and just, you know, from what we've just heard about it at HCC, what's happening at HCC, students need to be introduced to these technologies because when they leave school, they're going to be expected to know how to utilize them. So it's a great advantage that Harford County is supporting their students and ensuring that they have the resources while in the classroom, the devices won't go home with them, but while in the classroom that teachers are being trained to utilize that um, digital instruction piece to support the traditional. Instruction piece so that students are familiar with those devices, they're comfortable using them, and that's something that I think is is an advantage to our students here in Harford County.
1: And I'm sure Mr. Moore and his team are hard at work Absolutely. building firewall <laughs> and an, anti recreational <laughs> barriers. Not that they don't want kids to have fun, but. I can imagine that ain't easy. It's a fine line, but Mr.
2: Moore and his team are hard at work and have created responsible use policies that are in place and you know obviously that's something that we encourage students to be responsible with and that's something that has to be monitored regularly. Um, But we have found that in the classrooms where it has been integrated already, the students are successful, the staff is successful, and they're seeing positive results.
1: Um I I remember working for JP Morgan, one of the biggest banks in the world, and they were adding every day websites that we could not access from our desks like YouTube. <laughs> send me the YouTube video. Uh, I'll send you the, no, don't send it here. Um Oh, that's great. And again, that's also something that is applied and practical. Uh, exactly. As opposed to um I don't know, ethereal. Mm-hmm. um conceptual.
2: And it ties into our board has introduced a new vision and mission this year and that vision is to inspire and prepare every student to achieve success in college or career whichever way they're going and both of those avenues need to be familiar with with technology because now almost whatever field you go into there will be some component of technology that's part of that so that's something that we're seeing um, our students just embrace, which is wonderful.
1: Um, do we have, do, do, is there any hope? That, I know it's, it's it's a tough question. In, uh, a, a, an expanded technical high school effort or growth coming? I know it's, a, it's always a big debate, but where does that stand?
2: I think a lot of people would have to be, be in on that decision <laughs> and in on that conversation in order to determine where that would be and when that would or could happen.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry to throw you that. That hard one Quite just all right. popped
4: into my head. <laughs> I, I, I can maybe also respond if you don't mind. Sure. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a task force. And I'm going to forget the name of our task force we had. Maybe the task force a study of vocational education, Harvard County. It was, that was the name of it. <laughs> um, and I was uh, a member of the task force. And uh, and we recognize that, of course, there are certain programs at Hartford Tech that are just over, over-enrolled. We just can't you know, provide all, the, uh, all those course options at that one location. Uh, so one of the things, actually, that the community college is, is working on are there some opportunities that we can provide some programming for students to, I'll say, help to attract that and, and to fill that, that particular gap for students. So we're actually uh, looking at working on, um, with Hartford County supervisors, instructional supervisors, pre-apprenticeship program that might be very attractive to some students who cannot get into Harford Tech but are looking for a trade or looking for maybe something in in the electrical field or HVAC that we could actually start them out you know early before they graduate uh, and actually then graduate from high school with credits from the college through our continuing education division. So something we've been exploring uh, and uh, I know Rob Limpert Uh, who is one of the instructional supervisors at the school system. Uh, He and I and our workforce directors have been kicking this around and and planning. uh, We're hoping to actually put something in place uh, this summer, summer of 18.
1: Um, That's great to hear. That's great to hear. And I I really sense um, a real evolution. I don't know if I'm right uh, with HCPS and HCC towards a lot more, um, as I as I we said, we we're talking about before, so a lot of more practical and applicational um, focuses um, that speak to the transition all these kids are going to have to go through, mm-hmm. um, and help them with it. Um, so uh, that that is uh, that's great. Um, how do folks find out more of these success stories? And cause we're going to talk in a minute. We're going to do a combination of three segments: news. Um, the Courtesy Project and the interview with you. But before we do that, um, don't worry, Jennifer, I just got the idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where do folks go to find out more about HCPS and not just to, to be on the phone call from you when there's a snow
2: (laughs) day. Well, I know that's everyone's favorite, at least our students' favorite. Uh, You can visit hcps.org, where we have news and events running all the time. We're also uh, very active on social media, on Facebook, Hartford County Public Schools, Twitter, same handle, also on Instagram. We are trying to make sure that we share that good news and share everything that's happening within each each school and each department as well, so that you have an opportunity to access that information and see it at any point in time we hope that you'll visit all of those sites and all of those pages
1: great and John
4: uh, really the same thing Bob except uh, our course website we would not be Harford, kind of public, <laughs> public schools but it would uh, it would be harford.edu and um, we would recommend that's probably the first place I would I would suggest to your listeners go there lots of stuff on that website uh, we're actually probably as all companies you, you put up a website need to look at how to maybe redesign it make it even more current and contemporary. So we're always looking at what those possibilities are, but we do have a ton of information out there of our programs, whether it's credit, canoe education, social uh, activities, lots of stuff there. So that would be my first step. And then um, it'll also give you plenty of people to contact, phone numbers, to actually make appointments and come over to the college. Uh, We do have something very special coming up at the end of October uh, called Hartford Fest. Uh, On October 28th, we're as we're celebrating our sixth, um birthday, in a sense. Uh, and uh, we're gonna have a, uh, a lot of fun activities for families. We're also gonna have a number of activities to promote uh, and market our various programs on <coughs> about the whole college, where it's gonna be credit classes, again, or non credit classes, uh, the Early Learning Center, uh, so forth. So, uh, October 28th will be a great day if folks are, it's a nice day, and folks can have some time to stop by the college. Uh, I believe there will be a ton of food trucks there. I understand it's very popular now to buy food at the food trucks. Uh, so they're going to be there. I think some hot air balloon rides. So it will be a lot of lot of fun stuff that people can come and maybe get their first taste of college. How do, one, how
1: do people find out more about that?
4: Uh, once again, that's on our website. Okay. And we have a nice little brochure that comes off there. And uh, we have, like I say, a number of different activities. But that's going to be our biggie, uh, October 28th, called Hartford Fest. Fantastic.
1: And I, it would be remiss if we didn't um, mention also what the the partnership between Hartford County Public Library, and HCPs and HCC, and that's due to the leadership and the staff uh, of all three, and uh, Mary and her team, um, are, are, I know, are very open to and creative and progressive and great collaborators. Uh, certainly, um, that's always. Um, that means so much to our community. So thank you, also HCPH, for um, uh, for being part of that.
0: Thank you, Bob. And actually, um, we're very, we're very excited that HCC is is really moving forward and expanding your um, 3D printing and your innovation, right. um, because you know that's something that's that's dear to Mary's right. heart, and and she's really been trying to yep. increase you know our 3D printing. Mm-hmm. So if you want to kind of give your child or your you know, yourself, exactly. um, a first taste of, of what that looks like and what those yeah. skills might be um, to see if maybe you want to pursue a course at HCC or or try to, um, you know, share that information with one of your younger children. Uh-huh. Um, so that's an opportunity, and again, just an opportunity for collaboration among, among all of the entities within Harper County so that we can prepare um, students for the
1: future. Right. Three uh, D printing uh, and additive manufacturing—one of the few things that gets Mary more excited than Disney. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot, but that's one of them. Oh. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to uh, use the last few minutes. We're going to combine a news item with a complaint, with uh, asking you folks for some insight, all on the same topic. Well. The news item is hurricane. where do er- um, you see how I do this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
4: curious where this um, is yeah, I'm
1: curious now. <laughs> uh, hurricane Irma um, is is a biggie, but it was just down, downloaded to category four, and bad for Florida. It's going to go right up the center of Florida. So, and the storm surge is, is not going to be a big rain event because the thing's moving mm-hmm. fast. It didn't get trapped for six days like Harvey. Um, the track has it right. Now, going up the center of Florida, so it's going to touch all Florida's lowlands if it doesn't change storm surges of fifteen to twenty feet uh, you know thankfully for us, the track now looks like it's going to head to the west of us at least for now um, so I know that's been on everyone's minds at um, the library and HCC and HCPS um, but let's just talk about um, the uh, what goes into it. I guess it's for all three. Um, for instance, here's the complaint part. HCC had a lockdown a few months ago because there was a shooter. All these second-guessers who don't have to sit in that seat and think about getting that call, like Virginia Tech, you know, they were criticized for... Uh, I don't know if it was rightly or wrongly for not getting the word out enough, not acting quickly enough um but h c c acted quickly, and I'm sure a lot that went into it was if we act if we do it what you know there's a downside, but it's mostly inconvenient things it's Correct. it's not somebody's safety mm-hmm. um and so things like that school day, snow days. Um, Everybody's always is second guessing. Oh, why didn't they close? Why did they close? Um, um, Again, you're not driving the roads at 5 a.m. You're not looking at a a road, uh, uh, you know, 136 or upper 543 that has no traffic and it's still iced over and the kids have nowhere to stand when they're waiting for the bus. So, what goes into that, uh, as far as the, you know, planning for these types of things and the decision-making process, and you're never going to do it right because there's always going to be uh-huh. people that are going to, I mean, the county government is doing this great thing with the EMS, restructuring the EMS uh, because we need more resources. But I saw on one of the local blogs the story was posted and someone complain that the first ambulance they ordered was a ford no. so i feel like saying mm-hmm. if that's the bu- mm-hmm. if that's the most you got about this whole big restructuring then i think it's pretty good so talk about that who wants to go first
4: i, I can go first you'd like since i maybe ours could have been the most recent you have not any snow days yet this year so <laughs> <laughs> not <going> but, <laughs> um, yeah i'll say uh first bob the uh the general i'll say principal rule we'd like to follow is caution So we always want to err on the side of caution, and as you mentioned, uh, in some cases maybe there's some inconvenience that perhaps uh, something had to be closed or canceled or delayed uh, to make sure that you had a safe environment. So I think that that becomes very critical. Now in terms of planning, uh, Dr. Phillips and her staff, her senior staff, uh, they're always looking at scenarios and they're always reviewing um, what should be done. Uh, We have um, information we get through our students the first day of class. Uh, in terms of safety, in terms of how to react, should to be any kind of unusual situation on campus. So it's a matter of first of all planning for it and then what happened uh, actually after the situation referred to where we had a uh, quote lockdown, uh, once again Dr. Phillips and her staff did a, a debrief afterwards and, uh, and met with different people on campus and off campus to review our process and our procedures and what we could improve. And one of the things we discovered is we maybe could improve our communication process. I think some initial communication went out that was a little bit confusing. Uh, That was recognized, and that was part of the debrief, and that would be corrected now for the future. So I think it's a matter of planning, and then also I think uh, being a good manager and leader, you want to then go ahead and review, uh, if you had an incident, to debrief that and make any adjustments for the future.
1: Great. Jillian? Jillian?
2: And when, when you're specifically discussing inclement weather days, safety is always our number one priority. Because as you said, you know, it's students who are standing outside in the weather or waiting for their buses or walking to school. And so when you keep that in mind, um, sometimes our county, because it does have a range of what type of weather you might get from North Harford down to Joppatown or Edgewood or Bel Air, you're going to get different um, different weather in different areas and so we do appreciate when the community is patient and understanding and realizes that our, our resources are limited so we do have to take that safety and precaution factor so sometimes one area might feel as though we closed when we shouldn't have but another area may be calling us to thank us for closing because it um, was icy or there was some outlying factor I think it's <coughs> important to remember that our staff is out on the roads at 3:30 in the morning um, they're already driving the roads to check the status, they're dialoguing with the state highway, they're dialoguing with the state police, with local police, um, and they have individuals all over the county reporting in, in order to make that decision. It is not a decision made by looking out the kitchen window. Um, People are actually out there on the roads traveling them. And once that decision is made, it does have to be for the whole system um, because of the, the cost of buses and the ability to get from one end of the system to one end of the county to the other. So that is something that we appreciate when people are understanding that sometimes it's not always ideal for everyone, but that safety factor, we will always err on the side of safety.
1: Now, you have to answer me honestly on this, because this is what I imagine happens. Okay. It's 6 a.m.
2: Everything is done by 6 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: Well, you've already made the call. Mm -hmm. We're not, no school today. Okay. So you have... The Superintendent Canavan and Mr. Licata and you and the other staff, do you find yourself hoping it snows harder so that by- <laughs> By 10 a.m. it's not sunny with just a little moisture on the ground? <laughs>
2: Absolutely not, because as long as it doesn't, then the next day we know kids will be uh, okay. there, it will be an easy decision, and uh, we'll be uh, good uh, to go.
1: Because if I were you,
2: I'd be saying, come on. <laughs> we want uh,
1: we want horizontal sleet and, and snow and ice. <laughs> and it is hard
2: because a lot of times you are taking the advice of the weathermen exactly. because sometimes they're predicting it's going to hit, when the buses are out on the roads. And so you don't want to take that chance of putting the buses and the kids on the road when the weather channel or AccuWeather is telling us this is when you're going to get hit. But, of course, as we all know, weather prediction is not a 100% accurate process. So... So Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. Don't you
1: want to just give like a Benny Hill slap to somebody <laughs> who's, it's 11 a.m., look at this weather, it's beautiful, it's sunny, it's almost balmy. why are my kids home? <laughs> okay, we have time, uh, speaking of the library, mm-hmm. for one more thing, let's talk about what's coming up. Sure. Of the five million things that this amazing staff does year in, year out.
0: So tomorrow uh, we actually have a Children's Art Festival happening at Habity Grace Library from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's from ages 3 to 5 or grades uh, 5 through K is is who we're focusing on. And the Habity Grace Arts Commission will hold the 29th annual Children's Art Festival at Tidings Park. So it's going to have craft projects, face painting, entertainment, children's art contest entries will be on display in the library after the festival, so just a really great family day. Um, If you're looking for something to do today, you know, go on out, I think it's supposed to still be nice tomorrow, no rain, so cross your fingers and and head over there. Um, And we know there's lots of exciting things happening in Habit Degree, so we really wanna help support the Arts Commission over there. Um, Tuesday, September 12th, we have uh, something very timely. Um, We have, for grades nine through adult, Fake News and How to Spot It. Mm-hmm. Falston Library, 6.30 to 8 p.m. Um, so I'm just going to read our little blurb. Um, I think it's really informative. The Oxford Dictionary's word of the year was post-truth, and it seems that fake news is everywhere these days. Um, we're hearing about it pretty much daily on the news at this point, uh, which is why information literacy and media literacy are important more than ever. Um so we will have Ryan O'Grady, a librarian with the Enoch Pratt Free Library, uh, the Maryland State Library Resource Center, um, to talk about understanding the role, value, and power of information. So this is a training It's going to provide you with strategies to evaluate information sources, um, how to spot fake news that you can use yourself, and with others to really become a savvy judge of the news, not just taking things at your word, as Bob talks about every week in the Courtesy Project, don't just take those calls at face value. Really research the charities. This is one way to help teach you the strategies to really um, educate yourself so that you you are an informed citizen. Amen. Um, so that's all the time that we have for today um, for the Hartford Edge. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week.